Okay. Ready? We'll do a, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do but you gotta do the ands. One and two and three and four. That? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, no. here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right, here we are back with another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. Um, We're going to hear at the top, I suppose respond to some listener feedback that we got about one of Bob's shows he recently played. Bob, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to, do you want to set it up? Do you want me to read the email? Let's just get, let's, first of all, let's say hi to everybody. Hey everybody, welcome to the, oh yeah. Welcome to the thing and uh, glad you, glad you could make it and we're, it's good to be here. How you doing, Clint? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. I got home from the road yesterday and uh, I feel good. I feel, I'm feeling good about things. Where are you at? I was in Ohio, and then I was in Minnesota. The Ohio show was really unusual for us in that it was quite rowdy. People had been drinking all day, and uh, there were about 10 different girls out in the crowd showing us their boobs all night, which, as a 35-year-old father, felt a little different than when I was 25. I was mostly just wondering if all these girls were okay. (laughs) It's weird, because I was uh, downtown... On Saturday, I went to some art show, and as I was, as I was driving home, there was a bunch of girls, like I don't know, like ten of them in two little groups, and they were all like dressed up for the night, and they were going out. They looked so young, and I was just thinking, oh, that's going to be my daughter soon. And I'm like, I hope none of, the, I hope everybody's going to be okay. That's all. Like it wasn't right. like mm, those chicks are hot. Like I can't wait to like, it'd be cool, you know, to like, I don't know. There's, it was just straight up. Like, I hope everybody's going to be fine tonight. I hope nobody yeah. gets hurt or damaged in some way. Well, one we ran into one of the chicks after the show, there was like a little hang at the bar near the venue. And, um, this one girl who was on the front row, uh, showing us her boobs all night. She came up to the band guys and was like, hey, you know, it's me. I was the one up front. And we were all like, yeah. She was like, yeah, I flashed you guys seven times. And our other guitar player goes, yeah, why did you do that? <laughs> Good God. It was just like, is everything okay at home? Or, you know what I mean? Like, we're, you know, we're, I don't know. We're just not that band. It's just odd. How lame does that sound? Good God. My 25-year-old self would be like, okay, dad. But that's the reality. Well, I mean, at a certain point, like not even at a certain point, like just at any point, really, I just, I don't know. I've never, I've never been one to go to like titty bars. Um, I've never enjoyed anything like that. Uh, I grew up in Germany where there's like nude beaches and nude parks and like nudity is not like a thing in, in Europe. And in Germany, like, it's just a natural thing. Like, there's – the bathrooms are, like, unisex. Not all the bathrooms, but, like, uh, like the dressing rooms are unisex and weird shit like that. And uh, Okay. Well, show me on the doll where you were touched as a boy in Germany. No, it wasn't – 
it wasn't that. It's just like, it's a normal thing. And then when I came to the States, there's this sort of Christian taboo thing when it comes to nudity. Like you can't show titties on TV. In Germany, you can show anything on TV, anything. I saw a dude taking a poop one time on a show (laughs) in Germany. Like I've seen full frontal nudity. I've seen sex on TV, not during the day, but at late at night, sometimes they, there was this really f- famous director who would like show actual sex on in his, uh, Fassbender was his name. It sounds to me like maybe your parents left the pornography on a lot at your house. No, it, no, not, not at all. But I just, I grew up around nudity being like a normal thing. And then right. seeing somebody naked doesn't, I don't know. There's there's nothing about it that I'm like, ooh, there's a naked person. It's just weird. It, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, it, it, I can't get away from the, like, what are you doing part yeah, of it. That, I feel the same way. And it does kind of coincide. I don't know if you feel this way as you've gotten older or as you've just traversed the the globe playing music, but I've felt a pretty serious relaxing of my sex drive. You, do you track with any of that? Well, I mean, I'm married. I've been with the same woman for a while, like seven or eight years. And I don't fool around outside of my relationship. And I don't have sex very often with my wife. So if you don't, so yeah, so your sex drive kind of is like, hey, uh, I guess we're not going to be using this very often. So I guess we're down to part time. We'll put it on, we'll put it on simmer and uh, and forever. I don't know about forever, but. Uh, yeah, that's most of the time is like, yeah, uh, I mean, I I won't let it go cold, but, uh, yeah, it's not on high heat. Uh, you know, I just want to clock just real quick. I just want to clock that I've made maybe eight or nine jokes so far in this episode and you've let all of them die. So that's cool. Um, did you want me to fill in the punchlines or what's, what, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to just riff along with me and try to make these moments funny and entertaining. But that's okay if we're not going to do that today. No, we could do it. I just I didn't know where those places I wasn't sure where those places were. I feel like we're climbing one of those unclimbable walls and you are seeing these like little micro uh holds where you can like stick your one of your fingers and your thumb and and lodge your body into it and I'm like I don't see I'm not a advanced climber so i'm like i just looks like sheer cliff here to me right well when i said that you it sounds like your parents left german pornography on the tv i wasn't being serious i was joking and you're like no no they didn't do that um no it was just german tv oh, oh okay, cool. okay all right yeah so you could have gone on a whole you could have made up a whole thing about german pornography maybe even starring your parents or a home movie or the neighbor came in the touch you on the doll thing had a lot of potential also, but that's okay. It's, it's never funny to explain the joke. I know that that's, that's a, that's comedy one-on-one. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, what do we want to do about talking about this email? Cause I know it upset you and, um, you know, we want, you kind of want to make your case, right? Is that, is that correct? I, it didn't upset me. It got me excited more than upset. Like it just made me, it's like when you, you know, like when you were a teenager, probably not a teenager, but like, okay, so you were a, a evangelical Christian for a long time. Uh, in for your, about 10 years. For about 10 years. And then eventually 
you decided to let that go. And then when you would meet somebody who was a Christian or an evangelical or I'm I'm not going to speak for you. I'll speak for me. So when I was a teenager, probably a 13 or 14, I let go of all of my religious stuff because it just didn't make sense to me anymore. But before that, I was super religious and I believed in all of that. So then from that time on through about my mid-20s, every time I'd run into somebody who was religious, I would just want to get into it with them. Like in this, like it was, I would get excited. I wouldn't get upset. I was just like, oh, this is going to be great because I've got all the answers. They've got all the answers and we're not seeing eye to eye. And so we really can get into a heated discussion about it. And so that's the feeling that I got when I got this email. I know what you mean. I just to camp out there for one second, because I think people might be interested in that. I was definitely more excited about that conversation when I was newly an atheist. I, I honestly felt like I had been emancipated from like an ideological slavery. I don't think I was like, hey, I'm an atheist. And if you're religious, you're stupid. But I was more eager to have that conversation to talk about the Bible and why people believe in what they believe and models of belief. I've definitely mellowed on that. I still, I'm as staunch an atheist as I've I've ever been. I'm just less willing, especially now with how intense and divided everybody feels about everything. I'm a lot less willing to like make a stake or die on a hill or uh, just don't fuck with me and we're cool. That's kind of been my new thing. So I know exactly what you mean. All that to say. Yeah. I'll tell you, but also talking about what you just mentioned, I've in the last couple of weeks, I've talked to some of my neighbors, some of my neighbors who are Republicans and they're religious. And man, I've had some wonderful discussions um, with them about like why they not, not necessarily why they believe in their religious stuff, because I I kind of get that, but like political discussions where I'm like, hey, why do you feel the way you feel about this? And like, it was really eye opening when I was listening to what what their viewpoint was and not trying to cram my viewpoint down their throat. Like I really came away with a lot of understanding, which is I think the problem today is that everybody comes loaded with all this information. And anytime somebody gives their alternative information they're like oh that's not true and it's like no it is true for them that's the information they're getting that's the experience they're having and it's really eye-opening to hear what experience my neighbors are having during this time that I'm not having because I'm listening and checking out a different uh different information uh so I don't know I I I think it's I think it's amazing how different you you can experience something uh, from somebody else, um, and it's the same thing. And I think that also is what's going to ha- what we're talking about when we when we talk about uh, the thing that we're going to talk about in the email. Well, that before I read the email, I think that's such an important point. I, I don't know if you and I have talked about it on the show before, but I think that's true. I think we live in this really odd, new, ill culture where we don't exist anymore just our social media avatars are all that exist so people come at you so differently on facebook than they would if you're just neighbors and you just have a coffee and you let all your guard down you quit speaking into a a feedback loop and you just sort of talk to human beings who like you said i thought you put it really well like they're experiencing something pretty different and uh 
that's valuable. And I think we've got to get back to a place where we can just talk to people without wanting to shut them out of our lives or defriend them on some fake bullshit digital platform. Because in your real community, you can't unneighbor your neighbor. Like, that's your neighbor. It, it, it's better for you and your family if you get along with your neighbor and not hate him or him hate you because you of where you land on the Trump issue or whatever the fuck. So that's really cool. Maybe we can get somewhere beautiful with this uh, chick that wrote in. Well, I'll, I will tell you this. The, the one sort of big thing I came back with from those two discussions is that like everybody is getting trolled. I'm getting trolled. Yeah. The other side's getting trolled. Like, cause that's the only thing that you're going to click on is the most, out- you'll see the most outrageous thing. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And then you click on it and then they get their get their Geico money or whatever they're trying to, you know, sell. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then you're all of a sudden incensed. And so like, yeah. I was talking to these guys and they were like, yeah, but check this out. And I was like, what is that? Like, what is that? Like, and they would show it to me. I mean, like, you're getting trolled. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm, and then I would say, well, what about this? And I would show them my thing. And they're like, uh, yeah, but did you know this? And I'm like, oh, they left that out. Cause if you leave that part out, it's not as crazy and it's not as like, it doesn't make you as mad. Uh, and you're like, oh, I guess they left that out. So I would for sure click on it and get real pissed off. And it's just so. It's all about making money. It's not necessarily, yes. and it's, and I get it because you got to make money to live in our society. And so it, oh no, what was that? Hey, you there? Uh, all right. I think oh I lost God. Bob. That's fun. Let's try to get, uh, just trying to get Bob back. Bob, I just want to get Bob back. <laughs> Okay, um, what were you saying before we got lost there? I feel like you were in the middle of saying something. Yeah, I was just saying that um, I, the, the one takeaway I had from having those conversations with my neighbors is that we're all getting trolled. Yeah, yeah, we, I got all that. We got all that. I, and we were talking about how, you know, everything you search and look for on the internet, everything you do is being logged into a digital profile about you. That's being ch- churned as a meat grinder into ad revenue for corporations. So they're using what they know about your preferences politically, ideologically, religiously, and they're trying to sell you bullshit. And in the meantime, they're destroying civilization, which I don't think is a hyperbolic statement. So you and I are in firm agreement on this issue, my friend, which isn't, that's nice to be in firm agreement with you about something. Uh, Hold on. Before you say firm agreement again, let me get uh, comfortable here. We should just call it the Zip Podcast. All right. Now, I was going through... Now, Bob doesn't look at the emails. So I have access to all of our emails. I read every single one of them. We queue them up for the show. And, you know, the show's very loosey-goosey. Sometimes we get to them. Sometimes we don't. This was one that I got and I forwarded to Bob because it it's, it's a fairly incendiary email. And uh, I'll read it now, and uh, we'll move forward from there. Does that sound good, Bob? Yeah. This is from Allison Patel. She says, hi, guys. Love the podcast. This is not hate mail because I love you guys. Whatever follows that sentence is never going to be good. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like the guy says, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And then Listen, he just yeah. proceeds to lie to you. 
Or, look, I'm not crazy, but I'm real crazy. She says, I wanted to reach out to Bob and tell him that he was very rude to the lady at the Dakota Lounge at the Late Show on uh, June 1st. Maybe she was at fault to go to the stage. Why she was doing it is anybody's guess. Did you really feel threatened after all? Okay, let me, you... can, let, me, let me stop you there. Okay. Because here's the thing. Yes, I, w- I was trying to be as rude as possible. So let me, let me tell you what's going on here with me on stage. So I'm playing a solo show. It's an intimate room. Everybody is quiet and listening to the show. Now, I know it seems like when I'm up there that I'm like in total control. I've got everything under control. Uh, And that's the way I normally kind of feel on stage. But underneath that, I'm putting myself in an extremely vulnerable position because I'm playing some songs that I wrote in my room for a bunch of strangers and I'm I've done it enough times so that I know it's probably going to be okay but at the same time I don't know what's going to happen and you may reject me as an audience member you may hate me I don't know what's going to happen so I'm in a very fragile vulnerable place and I'm a super sensitive person now you may not get that when you see me on stage because I come across as very confident Um, I've done this a bunch. I know how to entertain people. I know how to say funny stuff. I know how to act like I don't give a shit. But underneath that is this scared, sensitive person. So yes, am I scared up there? I'm absolutely terrified. Now, when something goes, and like like the lady in the email, she's like, she might have been wrong to come up on stage. Let me tell you what this lady did. So she well, called. Hey, should we read the email first, though? No, like, no. I, I want to just tell you what what this lady did before we go, and then we'll get to the rest of the email. So I'm up on stage playing my songs. This lady comes up on stage. The stage is only like a foot tall, so it's a small stage, and I'm kind of in the back of the stage. So there's this a lot of room in the front of the stage, uh, just because it was a weird room. So she gets up on the step and gets on the ground and starts like rolling around on the ground in front of me. Now, I didn't really know this was going on because I was kind of looking off to the side. So when I look back, I see this lady writhing on the ground in front of me like the metamorphosis from Kafka's, you know, the cockroach. And I'm like, what the fuck? And this lady kind of gets up from doing this and then saunters back to her table like everything's fine. Now, in my mind, I'm like, what is going on? How are their security not taking this lady to an insane asylum right now? How is she not immediately getting ejected? And I'm like, well, obviously there's no security. Obviously nobody cares about my security. Obviously this lady's insane. What's going on? And now my mind is just like going down the fucking rabbit hole in terms of like, what is going on with the world? Are, is the world going to end? Maybe, maybe the world is going to end. Now I'm in pure attack defense mode. I'm like, I have to destroy this person and let everybody know here that you can't do that while I'm on stage because I'm scared to death. It does sound like a mild overreaction. 
Yes, I'm, dude, I'm a sensitive dude. I overreact to everything. Yeah, I mean, on the outside, it looks like everything's cool. But on the inside, dude, I'm freaking the fuck out. So anyways, I keep reading the email. Okay, uh, she says, what you said about her weight was uncalled for. She was dumb, so why not focus on that? Her weight had nothing to do with her being on stage or what was going through her head at the time. Weight issues have nothing to do with anything, and for you to call her out on that was very petty on your part. Okay, let me We're stop. All- let me let me let me interrupt you there. So, she says she was obviously dumb. I don't know sh- that she was dumb. She could have been some like mastermind, uh, insane. Like she could have been like the fucking Joker. I don't know what this woman. Here's what I know. <laughs> Here's what I know. She got up on stage during a show. Where I'm playing fucking solo guitar and started writhing around on the ground. I don't know if she's dumb or insane. Like, there's a lot of dumb people in the world that don't do that shit. I don't know what this woman's deal was. It freaked me the fuck out. Now, as far as weight stuff goes, nobody, and you know this, Clint, nobody hates themselves more than me because of their body image. I'm telling you, when I was at my thinnest, when I was 29 years old and I was in rehab, I would take the tiny amount of skin that I could get on my gut and pinch it with my fingers and go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fat. When I was as skinny and as, and as skinny as I've ever been, I still was like, oh, I've got this gut I got to get rid of. And I had no gut. Now I do have a gut now. Do I feel horrible about the way I look all the time? Do I have real serious weight body issues? Absolutely. Do I, would I ever in the entire time that you've known me, Clint, would I ever go up to anybody ever and talk about their weight? Would I ever do anything like that in my life? No, but so, but you're saying doing it on stage is kind of a. You're saying it's fair game because she made you feel uncomfortable. You didn't know what she was going to do. No, and you, and you needed to send a message. I was scared to death, and so all I could think about, all I could think about, was like, how can I be as mean and as hurtful to this woman using my words? Because I'm not, I'm not a physical, I'm not a violent person. But in my mind, it was like, I have to stop this from ever happening again. What is the worst thing I could say? Now, we're going to listen to what I said in a second, and, and, and we'll see how truly terrible it was. But right, continue right. with the email. Okay. She says, we're all your fans. Remember that. All caps for remember. People are stupid. We all know that. Insulting your fans is uncalled for. Perhaps your attitude and actions such as these are the reasons why your name is not bigger. I think you're amazing, and when you throw that kind of stuff out there in front of hundreds of people, those actions and attitudes are what gets communicated to others who may not know you, and this is sad for you. It was a very uncomfortable situation is all I'm going to say about it. I can't get it out of my head because it was so wrong. In times such as these, we all need to learn to be kind to each other. Enough of the personal attacks and the petty insults. Thanks for a nice performance otherwise, Allison. Well, okay, Allison, I appreciate the feedback. I really do. Now, when you say... That's the reason you're not more successful. That that line in the email is probably the thing that hits me the most because I'm I would love to be more successful. I would and 
I've heard, I've heard so many people tell me over the years, they're like, Hey man, you know, don't, don't use the word pussy on stage. Don't talk about eating dick. Don't talk about poop. Don't talk about anal. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about all the shit that you talk about. And I'm like, Hey, I'm an artist and I will talk about whatever I want to talk about on stage because that is a sacred place and I'm not going to edit myself. Now, do I say things on stage where afterwards I feel horrible? Absolutely. Like I overreact sometimes on stage to the point where I'm like, oh, I really, I mean, I'll st I'll stop a song later and go, hey, when I said that thing, I feel really bad about it. Um, Was this one of those occasions? Absolutely not. I didn't feel bad about it at all. I felt like I felt like I was absolutely almost I was I I in the situation that I was in when that happened, I thought okay, I've fucked with this woman a little bit. I gave her a little bit of a slam. I'm going to let it go. She's obviously out to lunch or something. I don't know what, but I, I, I could have, I could have dug in and really gone after her. And I, and I did. Let's, you, you want to take a listen real quick to the people. They've been waiting patiently to probably hear this audio. All right. Let's listen to All the right, audio. Let's hear it real quick. We'll be right back. I'm serious. Like I'd normally joke about security, but fuck, get some security up here. Toronto. This woman is next level. I'm not joking. Seriously, send somebody up here. The fact that that lady did not know how fucked up that was is weird to me. Maybe that's like, uh, what's that? What's the Joker's girlfriend? Harlequin? Like Har Harlequin turns 50. <laughs> she just got out. She's kind of fucking Arkham Asylum. Food's bad there. It's real carb heavy. It's hard to keep your figure at Arkham Asylum. Don't just don't come up and roll around on stage, and then I won't fucking hit you with that shit. It's easy to not get fucking slammed. Stay off the fucking stage. It's easy. I'm not hitting anybody else with that shit. God damn. All right, well, there you have it, folks. It's about 90 seconds long. Uh, I'll, t I'll tell you this. Based on the email, I thought it was going to be a lot, a lot worse. After kind of hearing it and knowing you, you know, I understand it more. Yeah, and I mean, I, I got some negative feedback from the audience i i think it wasn't her weight but when i said she was 50 or something like that because i don't think this lady was 50 she was probably like in her early 40s or something and i i really felt like that's why i was getting the the ooh from the audience but i will say this i immediately addressed the audience and said hey i'm not talking to you guys i'm talking to this lady because she did something that was so uncalled for and out of hand like i felt like you know, like I was giving her a little bit of a caning in front of the room because <laughs> I, I didn't want her to do that anymore. Now, I understand where this, where is Allison, right? Who wrote the email? Yes. I understand where she's coming from and I get it. 
Like, uh, you're right. I don't need to be fat shaming anybody or which I really that I that hadn't even I mean obviously it entered my mind because I wanted to be mean. You're right. Yeah. And uh and I get like when you see somebody being mean, that can be rough sometimes and it might bring up a lot of past stuff where people were mean. Maybe somebody was mean to Allison or maybe she somebody was mean to somebody that she knew and maybe that's like a real thing in her life that that she but here's the thing which i would suggest doing like if me saying that to this lady who just did this thing where i was trying to be hurtful towards her if that's gonna cause such a reaction like maybe look into that look into what's going on there and and figure it out i think a lot of the problems that we have in the world today is when somebody's triggered by something that somebody says but then they don't look at themselves and go, what is it about this thing that's triggering me? And, and why do I have such a, why, why do I have such a problem with it? And figure that out. Because when you figure that out, what ends up happening is you end up being so much happier than if you're just blaming how you're feeling on the world. Because if you want the world to behave a certain way for you to be okay, you are going to have a real hard time getting through life because right. the, the world, world the is not full of sharp edges. Yeah. Well, the world's just not going to do what you want it to do. I, I would love for the world to be a certain way. It's never been that way. And I know it will never be that way. But when I look at my shit, the stuff that makes me upset, like with that lady and go, what is it about this lady rolling around on the ground during my show that makes me so upset? When I look at it and go, oh, that's just me. I'm worried that nobody cares about what I do or, or that, um, that there's crazy people in the world. And, and I have a son and a daughter and a wife that I want to protect and I can't protect them from crazy people coming in to their house and, and, killing them like fucking, you know, like the Manson family murders and stuff. Like it brings up a lot of stuff that that has nothing to do with what's going on in the room. And sure, I reacted the way I did at that moment, but I reacted that way because not because this lady was rolling around on the ground. It's not that big of a thing. It's because it brought up all this other stuff in me, but I'm aware of it and I know it and I go, well, that's what was going on. It's that the world seems crazy and I'm scared. And this reminded me of it. So it, it wasn't that lady. And I'm not mad at that lady. And I'm certainly not upset at this Allison for sending that email. I think that she wants me to like act a certain way so that uh, people will like me more and, and, and she'll like me more because she likes what I do and, she doesn't want to not like me because I'm doing something that that she doesn't, you know, doesn't like. So okay, all right. Well, okay, that was a long soliloquy. All right, it was well, long. Yeah, I was getting bored I'm, of myself, I'm, which is I'm just a big wondering: thing. should I kill myself now or should I wait till after I sign off? You should wait until after you sign off because nobody wants to listen to somebody kill themselves on a podcast. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Zip. Ah, you beat me to it. I was about to zip myself. Well, let let me try to let me try to parse this out as a as a parting gift to our listeners. Let me try to make some sense of this because that was a little bit all over the place, but I get it. Here's the deal. It sounds it sounds like you understand the problem 
And you've, I think it's true that it's drummed up other shit in Allison. She's concerned about the lady. She's concerned about what it means that you were fat shaming her. She's concerned about how people perceive you. It's a nice thing. In your defense, when someone breaks the trust and jumps on stage, especially when people like Dimebag Daryl were killed on stage, for example, it really is a harrowing thing when you don't know what someone's going to do when they jump on stage. I had a guy jump on stage about a year ago. He somehow got through security, jumped on stage, and then he just sort of put his armor on me like a big fucking jackass with his buddies. And I was so fucking mad at him and mad at security because I didn't know what he was going to do. And that's just a super real thing that you were dealing with up there. And secondly, when it comes to you censoring yourself, I I think that what is really special about you as an artist, and I think a lot of your true fans, not that Allison isn't, that's not what I'm saying, but your your fans that have been with you for a long time, that's one of the things that they continually go back to the well of Bob Schneider for. There's an energy around you where you don't know what's going to happen or what song you might play or what spin you might put on it. I've done full shows with you where we played everything reggae. <laughs> you know, I've done shows with you where we've made up multiple songs on the spot and they were good. And that's just part of what a Bob Schneider show is. So if you've got your fans in this kind of new virtue signaling culture, and again, I'm not saying Allison's necessarily doing that, but when you get your fans telling you what they want you to be, that's dicey shit for you. And I think you standing your ground on that is really important for you as an artist. Well, I mean, I've had that my whole career. I've been doing this since full-time since 91. So for 28 years, I've been doing music. I've been in different bands. And I've changed over the years. And as every time I change or every time uh, I progress or whatever, or, you know, move in a different direction, people are like, oh, no, no, no. I I like this other thing that you were doing. I'm like, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep changing and I'm going to keep evolving. Um, And you can come along for the ride or you can stay back in 2005 or 2010 or 2015 but that's not who I am and right. and I am going to say whatever comes into my mind now I am aware of the world that we're living in right now and and it all goes into the computer but at the end of the day I want to entertain people cuz life is hard and life is scary. And if I can make people forget about that for a few minutes, then I've done my job. Uh, that's, that's, that's all I have to do is, is let people escape from the dreary, hard world that we live in for a few minutes. And, 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 uh, and we can all get together for a few minutes at these shows or on this podcast. I I agree. And this was a good opportunity for us all together to have a conversation for you to not be afraid of that email and for us to just try to figure it out together, which I think is really fucking cool. And that is all the time we have for this episode. That was a quick one. It was a quick one by fast. Now, listen, we, uh, you can go leave us a positive review. We have almost, I think we have 80 positive reviews now. Dang. We're getting up there. Which is awesome. Thank you to everyone who's left a review. It really but, helps. But Bob we, has need, another... we, we do need, thir- we do need 30,000 more reviews. So, Maybe like I don't know how to do that. How do we? How do we get thirty thousand more? We got eighty, which is amazing, but we need thirty thousand more. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Do people in China listen? I hope so. Are all of you out there in China listening? Bob's got another wonderful podcast called The Song Club, 
where you can hear about how he writes his songs. You can get a bunch of demos and other versions of his songs if you're a part of it on Patreon. I've got a Metallica podcast called Metal Up Your Podcast. You'll probably like it if you check it out. And having said that, we're going to send this one off to the old Arkham Asylum lady. Ah! <laughs>